the book of Exodus chapter 3. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3. Uh, there's a hundred ways to go this morning, and I'm going to stay with this for this morning anyway. But we, uh, we're just finding out where the Lord wants us to go. We need instruction for what's right ahead. We need to be equipped for what's right ahead. Would you all agree with that? Yes. You know, we could talk about the, the, the world that was. There actually was a world that was before Adam and Eve. And before you throw me overboard and, you know, and all that. But, and I'm not trying to convince you of it. I'm just saying, but that's not profitable for the day we're living in. We need to be equipped for the, uh, for, for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. So we're, we're looking at, at those things. And I'll tell you, here's where we're going. Well, I'll wait and tell you where we're going in just a minute. I, 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 I've, got, I've got a scripture to tell you where we're going. In chapter 3, in verse 13, Moses said unto, unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them, God? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So the Lord embodied his name by what he is and what he does. I, and what he, what he does and what he has, excuse me. He, he, he said, I, can, I am that I am. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 17, if you would. Slip back. No, well, never slip back. Never, never slip back. Genesis chapter 17. Here we have a story about Abraham. It says in verse 17. Uh, chapter 17, verse 5. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. The Lord speaking to Abram, he said, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And then, so we see here that when there's a change of relationship, there's a change of name. We see that in our own marriage customs our culture, that when a, when a daughter is being raised up by her father, she has his name. That's her authority. That's her head. That's her guide. That's her covering. And so she shares the same last name as her father. But when she marries a man, there's a transfer. We even do that in the ceremony many times where who... Who gives this woman? And so the father hands her off to the groom. And uh, she takes on his name because there's a change of relationship, a change of headship, a change of authority. Amen? So there's a change of name. So our name or what we say is imperative that we rightly 
say who we are. So we can't get by with I'm an old sinner saved by grace. That's not who we are. And that identity coming out of our own mouth will mark us more than anything that we've done in the past. In other words, it's kind of like when you get born again and then you go and get unborn again. It's not, but it's along that line. It's, it's, a, it's a desecration of the vow that you made that I will make Jesus Lord of my life when you say I'm just an old sinner. And then you dribble off something saved by grace, but it's denying that. Uh, chapter 32 in Genesis, please. Verse 28. So here the Lord comes and enforces this again. And he's speaking to uh, Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. And he said, verse 28, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power over with, excuse me, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Uh, he changed his name. And there was a change of relationship there. And he conveyed that to him by his name. And then down the road, you know, the name of Sarah, Sarah was changed, or Sarai, however you say those Hebrew names. And her name was changed to Sarah, she was uh, changed from uh, princess to mother of many. That way she would say what her name was and she would say who she was and in who she was was what she had and what she could do. She'd been barren up to that moment, but suddenly she conceived as soon as she said, I am, and her husband said, you are mother of many. So that's imperative that we get that old covenant thing inside of us that we are not who we were. I, I am who my, my parents named me. Uh, I grew up wishing, just wishing that I could have been named after my father, Walter. Oh, my. The folly of youth. Praise God. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, so our names are important in what we say when we say about our condition or our future. You know, a, a mother's going through the checkout line at Publix and there's all those little kid grabbers there that little toys and stuff. And he says, can I have this? And she said and she'll say many times, no, we can't afford it. And so she's saying of her and her husband, we are the unaffordables. It's, it's not a statement of the future. It's a statement of the present. This is who we are. Instead of just saying it's not wisdom at this time or just saying no. <laughs> you could just say no. <laughs> who thought of that? We, parents are explaining everything to their parents, their kids now. Just explaining everything. It's like, no, quit explaining. They're four years old. They don't have it to understand. Just say no. They understand that. 
But that's for another day. Hallelujah. So we, what we say about ourselves, our condition, our potential, is what we believe about ourselves. And we always have what we believe more than what somebody else believes. You can't talk somebody into believing something they don't have. So that's why when you go into minister healing, you have to go in and you have to change what they believe about themselves. So you tell them, you start ministering to them about what they believe about God. You can't talk them into saying you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, perhaps. But you can tell them that God's good and that he didn't put this on you and that the devil did and God wants to take it off of you. You know, you, you, you go that way. There's a path based on who we are. Because who we are is what we have and what we can do. So it's important that we all say what the Bible says, that we agree with heaven. I'm agreeing with heaven. Well, aren't you lying when you're throwing up and carrying on and saying, I'm just the healed. I'm the healed. No, we're, we're calling things. We're calling the lie out. The throwing up and the, the headache is the lie. Well, I can feel it. Well, there's two realms to your life, at least two realms. There's the spiritual realm and the natural realm. And you have no authority in the natural realm. You have all authority in the spiritual realm. And if you get the spiritual realm right, it will control and dominate the natural realm. It's subservient. First the spiritual, then the natural. So we start, we're not lying when we say I'm, I'm, not sick, I'm healed, I'm the blessed. We're just saying who we are inside and who we are inside dominates who we are everywhere else. That's hard for people because they, they're one dimensional. Well, it's just me. There's nobody else here, it's just me. Well, there's, there is another you. It's the realm that's gonna go to heaven. It's the realm that the greater one's in. It's the realm that always triumphs in Christ Jesus. So you go there, minister there, get that strength there, and, and then it works. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, let's go to the New Testament, please. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm ministering on the I am element, the I am element. The Lord said, tell them I am sent you. That covers it all. Everything you need, I am. And it's brought forth here in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God. So all of us. When we come to God, because we do, we, there's, a, there's a set of rules. There's a set of, of prerequisites. There's qualifiers. He who comes to God must, number one, believe that he is. Believe that he is what? Well, believe that he is who he says he is. That he can do what he says he can do. And that he has what he says he has. Believe that he is. I am. Tell them I am sent you. Believe that he is I am. 
again that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he's telling us that our faith will never be in vain. If you go to God in faith, you're going to come back with something that you didn't have. He's a rewarder. Everything in the kingdom is based on reward. You may not like that. You may not agree with that, that it's a reward, but it's absolutely reward. Uh, the Lord rewards us. And he certainly did that in the Old Testament. If they did good, he said, Atta boy, I'm going to let you live in the land. And if they were naughty and made calves of gold and <laughs> lifted up idols and stuff and went off on their own, he said, I can't help y'all much. And so the Babylonians and the Asherites and all those people came in and took, took authority over them. Uh, it was life. So we are who he says we are. We have been renamed. We came out of darkness into his marvelous light and he gave us a new name. He, the relationship changed. We're no longer servants but we're sons who serve. There's no handmaidens in, in our realm. There's no, there's no uh, armor bearers. There's no servants of the Lord. There's none of that in our group. We've been changed. And so we went from being uh, like the Jews. The Jews are just God's people, but they're not his children. He treats them like his children because he's drawing them. But we're his children. We are refathered from above. And so in that, he's given us a new name. And all through the New Testament, it tells us who our name is. Always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. That's who I am. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who's that? That's me. That's who I am. You could, you could, you could take Michael out and just say, there's old greater is he that is in him than he that is in the world. <laughs> we just call him Michael for short. <laughs> Amen. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Let's look at that in the Amplified too. Don't y'all appreciate Barry putting scriptures up? Yeah. I tell you, it's not for you. If, if I had my way, just to let you know, I don't always get my way. We wouldn't have any words for songs and we wouldn't have any scriptures for the word. We'd look up everything. But we're looking for visitors. We're looking for people that are not adept in the word, that don't know Old Testament from New Testament. And so we just put it on the screen because it makes us be able to flow. Don't want to leave anybody behind. But increasingly, you're looking it up. You're looking it up in your Bible. Well, it's on the screen. Why should I? We, we could, but we're, we're, we're never going to get away from seeing the word in our hand. Now, they, you know, they, they can push back on me and all that, and, I, and I'm not here to fuss, but I tell you, it's, it's a part. It's an ingredient. You don't have to have it. You can leave the salt out of the cake and nobody will complain, but 
Some people can tell it's not there. Hallelujah. And we, we need a chapter three of John. Uh, look in verse, I believe it's verse seven. Uh, marvel. Marvel not. Well, let me read it in, excuse me, let me read it in the King James. I'm sorry. I'm a little here, I'm a little here and there. Hallelujah. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Say it to yourself with me. Ye must be born again. Now, first person, I must be born again. And we talk about, we talked about last Sunday that the unpardonable sin is not some bad and vile thing you did. You know, I snorted this and I drank that and I shot up this and I was with so-and-so. That's not the unpardonable sin. That's not even hard. That's not even hard. That's all just stuff. The unpardonable sin is not receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That will send you to hell every time. And so the question's even coming up now, like what about these innocent Jews that have been slaughtered in, uh, in Gaza? It's very unfortunate that they were. But without Jesus, you can't go to heaven. And, you know, we, you can work out of Romans and see how that works, but that's how it is. Matter of fact, the tribulation period that's coming, seven years, is only for, exclusively for, the Jews to get born again. They're going to. Yeah, you heard Joe say that they're, look, they're working on a book and they're giving it to a Jewish man. Isn't this, isn't this amazing? The Jewish man is working with Christians who say, we're going, we're leaving, we're rapturing out, but you'll be here. Yeah, I'll be here. Well, we want you to hand out all these books that talk about what just happened, the rapture and the tribulation that's on you. We want you to pass them out to everybody. And so they'll understand and they'll receive Jesus in the tribulation. Tribulation is going to be pretty tough. Half of the people won't make it through, but some of them that don't make it through will get born again. Well, that's all we can all hope for. Amen. So it's not complex. It's real simple. The end times are real simple when you see why God did does what he does. It works with the principles that are in the word. And that's why we have to be principle oriented. Otherwise, we'll just say, well, you never know what God's going to do. Well, if you know he's a principled God, that everything is fair and just and to our benefit. Everything is to our benefit. He's not having a bad day with the kids. They're just driving me crazy. You've heard that. Well, we never drive him crazy. He likes us. Come up here and sit in daddy's lap. I know what you did, but it doesn't matter. We got Jesus' blood on you, so it's okay. Come up here. Let's talk about this. We just have no idea, do we? But uh, let's, let's see what it says in the Amplified, chapter 3, verse 7. It says, marvel not, do not be surprised or astonished at my telling you, you must all be born anew from above. One translation says you must be refathered from above. So we had to be refathered. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 10. I, I'm taking you all through a lot of scripture this morning, but it's, 
It's what we do. It's what we do. Let the word speak. Isn't it amazing how just few pages there are in the New Testament, how it speaks to every area of life that you'll ever encounter, every kind of situation, every kind of people. Uh, It'll answer it. And definitively, in chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Now, I confess to you that 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 was missing. That was the missing part when I was led to the Lord. The the whole thing was framed in, do you want to ask him into your heart? It It could have been a slot machine. It could have been buying a movie ticket or a box of Cracker Jacks. It was just, uh, do you want to exchange? Really wasn't even an exchange, but do you want to ask him into your heart? And I didn't know what any of that meant. But it had Jesus in it. It had the pastor in it. It had a whole church behind me that was in it. And so just by, not by revelation, certainly not by knowledge and certainly not by revelation, I was compelled to say yes. Everybody assured you, say yes, do it, do it. So I did it, but I didn't know. And you probably didn't know either. And so a lot of people could be, could be that they are saved in the sense of saying yes to Jesus come in their heart and and likely genuine and likely Uh, transactional, but it could be they didn't know what that meant, that it was just like buying a lotto ticket and then finding out your number didn't win and just going on with life. Could it be? Could it be that there's people that went through the process? I signed up. I went, they, they put me underwater. But you're not born again until you're born again. And so it's got to be a heart issue. And we should take it to the heart, which is the, 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 the Lord Jesus. And then when you put the other word that that word Lord stands for is master. It, it has a different connotation. We don't like the word master. We don't like that. It's got negative things in our, our civil history. It's, got neg- it's just a negative word. But that is the word. And watering it down or diluting it does not change it. He is the master. And it lines up some things that where we just say he's Lord, like he's a good friend or even daddy. He's he's daddy. Some people have a daddy that makes them think that God's not much. If this is that, if this is the the heavenly version of that. Wow. Wow. What, what am I going to do? And so we, we all have to come to the place where he says it's not an option. You must be born again. You must make a transaction. And you can tell by some people by their life is that they, there's no change. It's not to say that we don't change and then wander off, backslide, wander off. That happens often. But there should be an initial change, don't you believe? That when we got born again, we're excited. It's like I made Jesus Lord. That means he's taking care of my business. And I don't have to fear and I don't have to wonder. Uh, So uh, 
It says thou shalt be saved. The word there for saved, what, what does that mean? Saved. You know, you see in the movies, Jesus saves on an old hotel. That God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What does that mean? Do y'all know what that means? Well, I tell you what it means to most people. It means don't go to hell. Saved from heaven. Excuse me. Saved from hell. Going to heaven. And so if that's the only thing on your ticket, here you gave your life to God and he gives you a ticket back and says, redeemed from hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100 or $200. You, you just go right around when hell comes up. But that's, that's a very small or routine part of the word. The word means deliverance. It means healed. It means, uh, what else does it mean? It means a lot of things, but it means everything you need. That's what it means. That's, it means everything that you need. Healed and, and delivered and set free. Everything, it means that. And so we didn't get that memo. I didn't. Now, y'all may have had a whole, I may be the only one here that had that. But I didn't get that memo. I was just put in the line that move right along, move right along. Keep the line moving. Keep the line moving. We got people getting saved behind you and we just need you to move along. Be here Sunday. It was nothing. It was nothing. We did, we did more for the, the Halloween party at our church than what we did for the people that got born again. There was no instruction. There was no teaching. There was no... And I got none at home because they didn't know. It had happened to them just like it had happened to me, and they thought that was good enough. So I'm not, I'm not railing on that. I'm just saying just because it happened to you doesn't mean that you get an exemption or a pass. So it says there that thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt. So it says in the first of verse 9, if thou shalt... Thou shalt. Skip the middle part. If thou shalt, we know that means believe, uh, uh, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with your heart God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. If thou shalt, thou shalt. So it's an absolute. If you do what the shalt is, you'll have what the shalt says. Delivered and healed. It has to do with finances and supply that you're buoyed up in your money, that poverty has broken off of your life, lack and little shortage and need. Delay has broken off your life. That's a curse. It's a curse. It's in the earth and it's a curse. And it, it was on us until we got born again, till we got saved, till we got sozoed. And when we got sozoed, that curse broke off. But if nobody told you that, you'll still go and act like you're broke. So how do you how do you change that? Well, you've got to hear it and then you've got to believe it and then you've got to re be renamed. There was a transaction. I, the curse was broken on my life. I've been saved. I confessed. I shall confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I shall be saved. 
I got to have, have a transaction. I got to have a new name. I'm the blessed. You can't say I can't afford. Can't, you, you, it may be that you need to wait till next month, but you can't say we have to wait till next month. We never say that. We just say it's not wisdom at this time. And by the way, just since I'm here and no notes, I'll just say, I, I don't like budgets. You can't be saved with a budget. Budgets are, are worldly. I may step into something here in just a minute, but, but budgets don't let you give. Budgets say, Holy Ghost, doors closed. We're on a budget. We... we we, we, gave, we gave our, our offering, whatever, but we're on a budget. And that, that's what the world does. They have to have an outside control because all of their hope and increase is coming from the world. So they have to control and measure and, and whatever. But we're not on a budget. Now, y'all don't get mad at me. Don't, don't quit me just because I have this thing on budgets. But I don't believe in them. I, I believe that the just shall live by faith and that we're not, we're not crazy with our money. We're not just flopping it out there and throwing it out there. Just We're not being separated from our money. But certainly the Lord wants to sozo us and deliver us out of lack and poverty because he already did and he wants that thing to work. And the way to do that, the only way to do that is to give. Is to identify with I got stuff. I got stuff. I got enough stuff. My God has supplied all of my need. So I don't need a budget. And you might could take me to task with that and say, well, what about this and what about that? But we're not talking about the what about this and that. We're talking about the, the overriding principle is get free and get Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will tell you. And he's done this. In September, he'll say, I need you to sow a seed for Christmas. Because we used to blow up Christmas. We'd spend three grand at Christmas. We'd go into debt at Christmas. I'm not advocating that, but I'm saying we, we, we made a big deal about Christmas because it was giving. And giving is our thing. And so we, he'd say, I need you to sow a seed into this offering for Christmas, because you know how you are at Christmas. And so we'd throw down, we'd, we'd drag up something and uh, $100 or whatever, and we'd put it in and we'd name that Christmas presents. And we always had them. And I say we went into debt. We went into some debt sometimes, but anyway, where am I? Where am I going? Second Corinthians chapter five. Okay, I forgive him. They all said, I forgive him. I, he's okay in other areas, so we're going to let him off. First, first, second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, you know this. It says, if any man be in Christ. Do we have any men and women in Christ in here? Well, the, the house is full of in Christed believers. We're, we're not just like we're missing hell. We're in. If any man any creation be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. What happened to them? What happened that they're passed away? What, 
let's, let's stop here and just say, you know, not just assume that. What happened? They were destroyed. They were what Brother Hagin used to say, annihilated. <laughs> annihilated. Destroyed. Taken out of the way. Old things are annihilated and destroyed. Behold, because now there's a vacuum, there's nothing there. All things, all things are become new. What's the new? It's everything that's in the new covenant. So we get into the epistles, not the gospels, but we get into the epistles and find out who we are, what we have, and what we can do. The gospels tell us, okay, and they, there's nobody that's born again in the gospels, so he can't talk to them too much about the new birth. He does say in several places, he says, seven times, uh, seven times, he said, no, forgive 70 times seven. He's talking about the new birth. Because you can't do that without the new birth. You're going to slap them on the third time. Get out of my face. And, and he talked about praying without ceasing and, and things like that. Well, that's, that's the epistles. But so he, he did talk about that. He talked about it in Mark 11. He said, thou shalt say to this mountain, be thou removed. And he's talking about the new birth, what you'll do in the new birth. So we, if you want to know if God loves you, you go to the Gospels. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I, I am the picture of love. And so watch me, listen to me, do what I say. And you'll know the Father. And God loves you. But then you go to the epistles and that's where we are. We're born again. We're born again. We're not discounting anything. Sometimes we discount Leviticus and Lamentations. Sometimes we say, make it the last book if you got to read through all of them. Amen. I'm real, I'm real impacted by this Hamas thing that went on last week. Turn with me to John chapter 8, if you would. We, we had a, a demo. What, what do you call those uh, illustrations the, that you that you have in children's church. Object lesson. We had an object lesson of uh, John chapter 8, verse 33. That's not it. So where am I? Just a moment, just a moment. I'll, I'll gather up here. Barry, look at the scripture from last week and see where I was on John chapter 43. Thank you. It's on 43. Well, you know I'm looking at 33. <laughs> oh, Lord, help him. He's supposed to help us. It says, why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil. Now, Context, context, who's he speaking to? 
the Jews. Nobody's born again. You are. So if you're not born again, this is everybody that's not born again. You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, the devil, ye will do. Ye will do. You can't help yourself. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Is no, is no. When he speaketh a lie, and that's all he can speak, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I think it's on the screen, but let's read John 8, 43. Uh, in the Amplified. I usually have this stuff wrote down, but here we are. Why do you misunderstand what I say? Why do you misunderstand church in America, all over the world? Why do you misunderstand what I say? Why do you not get it? Why is it a mystery to you? Why do you not understand that there's two kingdoms? Well, would you hate to be a politician right now and run in the whole world, as it were, not knowing that there's two kingdoms, that all people were the same? Knowing that, verse 44, you, that some people, you are of your father the devil. You're not even dealing with born-again people. Church, church people are quite the handful. You are of your father the devil, and it is your will, your will. That's why I'm reading this. It is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. It is your will. You can't wait. You can't wait till you get a little spot open where you won't get caught. Just like when we were all kids. When parents weren't looking or wouldn't know or something. We, we, we'd go to the max. We'd do whatever we could that was against the... Y'all don't look at me like that. And, and we'd go do it. And, you know... He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. And you are of your father, the devil, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. So we've been talking about the gradient and that there is no gradient. It's like a light switch. It's either on or it's off. Your computer is either on or it's off. Well, my computer's just half on. Just some of the programs are coming up and the other are not. Well, turn the other half on. That's not how it works, is it? It's on or it's not on. And you're either of your father, the devil, or you're born again. And there is no gradient in between. And so people say, well, they're a nice guy. No, they don't go to church. They don't know God, but they're not, they're real nice and they do good things and they, they have good kids and he, he, they're in this club and they do this and that and they're good people, good people. And so we fall for that. And it's just not true. And Hamas, well, back up, the reason people are good is because they want to fit. It's not their nature it's their personality. It's their culture. 
They conform their lives to fit the culture. And in the culture, if you go 90 miles an hour in a school zone, they're going to pull you over, jerk you out of your car, and haul you down to a little place that has bars. And so people say, I don't want to go down to that place. I'm going to drive what the speed limit is in the school zone. Does it mean that if there was no school zone, but there was kids walking back and forth, they wouldn't? You are of your father, the devil, and you desire to do the lust of him. So this Hamas thing. I wonder if I'll get shut down for this. Hallelujah. This is what it looks like when the gradient is pulled off. You cut babies' heads off. You take advantage of women. You, you, you kill the elderly. The elderly. The elderly. I mean, okay. But the elderly? Really? So they're what we call, or what some people call, are sociopaths. That is the nature of my father, the devil. He is a sociopath. He is a, he is a psychotic. He is, he is devilish, demonish. He's, 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 there is no truth in him. The truth is what always wins. The truth worketh by love. There's none in him. So every plan that he's planning, every plot that he's planning, he's planning against you. Because you represent the total light that's on. But if you can find someone that's a little dim, the light's in there, the light's burning, but there's a cover over it. There's a mask around it. And so they're, they're totally born again. The total fullness of kingdom of God is in them and, and, and a resident, the potential is totally there, but they are they are filtering it through their head, through their mind, through their, their soul. And it's like they got the break on. You, you, we're in, we're in the, the Prius with the V8 with 800 horsepower. Sometimes we, we like, well, look at that little old lady. Don't mess with her. She's a Prius on the outside, but she's, she's zero to 60 in 2.2 seconds on the inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we put the brakes on people that are not, that are not renewed in their mind. They've got the brakes on. It's not like there's nothing in them. It's totally in there. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's totally in there, but they got the brakes on. Don't want to be radical. Don't want to, don't want to be, you know, and faith is personal. Don't be asking me about my faith and that this is between me and God and all that sort of stuff. That's just stuff. But they're born again, born again. And we've all been in a place where we were barely bulbed. You know, you can have dimmers on your lights and you can get it down where you can't see anything. And then you can you can throw the eyes out of everybody in the room. Well, that's where we're going. We're turning up the the rate, the the uh, the bulb, the dimmer. We're turning it up every time we renew our mind. We take the brake off. We ease the brake. We let go and let God, so to speak. We let him in. We trust him more. But we're totally born again. We're totally, 
There's nothing about God working on me. He worked on me. Now I have to get the break off. So everything we do at River Church, everything you do in your studies, in your prayers, in your social activities with other Christians is to see how, how do you get the break off on this? You know, I got this bump, this lump, this tumor, this growth. I don't know how to get the break off. Well, it's in there, darling. It's, it's in you. Healing's in you. I, I, I've had the break on so long. I don't know how to get it out. Well, let us help you get the break off. So we go to the scriptures and find out. We go to the scriptures that says, take the break, take your foot off the pedal, sort of things. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is, this is a, but this is who we are. We're all, we're not trying to go somewhere. We're trying to get the break off so we'll be where we already are. So we walk around saying who I am. Tell them I am sent you. Must believe that he is. Well, I must believe that he is so I can believe who I am. If I don't believe who he is, I sure can't draw much from him for me. So I believe that he is. I believe Jesus did what he said he did. That his blood was enough. His blood was enough. What he did was enough. He gave his life for me. So if he gave his life, the Zoe life, the perfect life, the fullness of life, if he gave it for me, imparted into me and to you, then that's who we are. If he just squeezed off a little spigot and said, ah, that's all you can handle. You're one of them Christians that will never amount to anything. So he just squeezed you out a little bit. No, there's a flood. Washed us from sin. The great break. Do you know how many people that are born again that have the break of I'm just a sinner? That's a big break. Or God wouldn't heal me like we heard this morning, the testimonies this morning. Well, why would God do that? It's stage four. Obviously, he's in this. Obviously, he put it on me. Obviously, he's trying to teach me in a lesson. It's like, oh, you got the break all the way on. You got the emergency handle broke and you got uh, pulled and you got blocks on the wheels and you're not going anywhere, darling. We just got to get the brakes off. We're not trying to get better. We're trying to come into what he's already made us. And we've been hindered by, by our culture, by our background, by traditions of men by experiences. Well, I asked God one time to heal me and nothing happened. Therefore, and what comes after the word therefore is their life. And they, they had a wrong therefore. This new birth is so powerful. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I got just a minute or seven. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I want to just show you something. It, does, it doesn't make any, this won't change anything, but I thought it was interesting. So I put it in my note. Chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians is a really interesting chapter. It talks about the relationship between a husband and a wife and, uh, and how we relate to one another. 
And he, he tells about uh, what if you wake up one day and you get born again. But Leroy over there is not born again. You were both not born again, but now you are and he's not. What do you do? Isn't it cool how the Bible talks about everything? In chapter 7, uh, verse 12, he says, But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Wow. There's some power in that new birth. It doesn't say what it is, but you can tell. He goes on, he says, and the, and the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Like I said, I, I'm not explaining this. I'm just saying there is a power, there's an authority in the new birth that, that works with, that cooperates with the covenant of marriage. Wow. That you don't have to break the marriage just because you got born again. And that there will be a, it says in Peter, let the wife, she can't teach the husband, and I think everybody pretty much knows that's the truth, but, but that he'll be won by her chaste and reverend behavior. What power she's got. Oh, gosh. Wives have got tremendous power. I mean, wowie. And it says, but if the unbelieving, verse 15, depart, let him depart. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Jack. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us unto peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Here it is. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Said, if she'll stay, get her born again. If he'll stay... Your influence, the, her chaste and reverend behavior, will get him born again. You, Brother Hagin used to talk about uh, not competing. Don't, don't make your husband compete with Jesus. You want to go to church on Wednesday night and he's a gold gruff whatever, you know, and doesn't want to go and all that. You don't come in and, and, and say, man, I've been to church and I am war flat slap dab out. And, I, you know, I'm going to bed. Bye. You come in and you say, whoo, I've been, I've been with Jesus and he, he made me fall in love with you, Leroy. I like you better than ever now that I've been to church. Let me fix you your favorite thing. Never, never, you know, you can't compete with Jesus. And no husband born again or not can do that. So you don't make them compete. You just say, Ooh, when I get with him, he makes me shine for you. And vice versa. And vice versa. Kidneys. We've got to have kidneys. Amen. Okay, last scripture, and then we'll go. Romans 4. And I, I want you to, i got to go here if we don't go anywhere else. But we've already gone everywhere else, so. Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Verse 17. This is Abraham. Now, let me tell you, family. 
we're not in a maintenance mode. We're not maintaining. Well, we're just keeping it going along. We meet on Sundays, we receive offerings and we pay the bills and then we meet again on Sunday or Wednesday and we're just moving it along. We are not, we will not. My, my life is worth more than that and your life is worth more than that. So we are, we are Ephesians 4. We are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. That's what we, that's what we do. We're, we're uh, what does it say uh, in Hebrews, that we're provoking one another to love and good works. So we get in here and, and say, yeah, I had a testimony. I was, I was running. Melissa would tell this one, not me. I was running and there's a guy on the park bench. And I stopped and said, do you, do you need anything? Well, I got that broken this and the don't work that. Well, let me pray for you. And then you go by the, the next day and he said, you know, I feel real good since you stopped. See, that's when, when that's told here, we're all provoked to go find some old gnarly guy on the park bench. Amen. So listen, pay attention. But here in Romans chapter four, he tells us about the days ahead. Say the days ahead. The days ahead. The days ahead are not like any that you've ever seen. The Bible says in Timothy that we are in perilous times. That they're coming, but I think they're already here. You, you, you make the call. He says in verse 17, uh, verse, uh, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18, that's where we're going. Who against hope, against natural, rational hope, the doctor says, there's nothing we can do. Sorry. Against hope, he was 99 or whatever, believed in hope, supernatural hope. Supernatural hope. Y'all have some supernatural hope in here? Yes. Amen. What happened? That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, what was spoken to Abraham? What was spoken to Abraham? So shall thy seed be. So Abraham started saying, I am old, so shall my seed be. I'm Abraham. I'm father of many. I, I'm, he started taking it up. This is who I am. Well, where's your kids, big boy? Where's your family, Mr. Clan? I'm father of many. Sands of the sea, stars, I got all that in me, and it can't help but come out. Because, see, once it, comes, once it gets in, listen, when faith gets in, when the word gets in, when the word works inside of you and it gestates, we understand that word, when it gestates, it forms. And you can't deny it any more than you could say... Are, are you pregnant? Six months? No, no, I'm not pregnant. So when you're, when you're pregnant with the word, you don't have to wonder and you don't have to carry on about what should I say? It'll speak on its own. Amen. So verse 18, 
that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so that shall thy seed be. What does it look like? What does it look like? And being not weak in faith, what does that look like? What does not being weak in faith look like? He considered not his own body now dead when he was 100 years old. Neither did he consider Lulu's body, Sarah, now dead. And then verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God. Now, that's where we're going. That's who we are. That's what we're working on. We're taking the we're wiring the brakes back so that we stagger not at the promise of God. We find the promise and we go, woohoo, that's me. That's me. That's that's me. By stripes ye were healed. That's me. I'm putting that on. I'm that's that I'm by his stripes. You were healed. Ray Billings. I am say say I am sent me. That's what uh, God told him. Just tell him I am. I got it covered. Everything's done. Must believe that he is. Is what he is. I am. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So there was some working out, working out some unbelief. Well, what about this? Well, you got to kick that stuff out. You, you, can't, you can't carry that trash around. You can't carry that. Well, this stage says it usually goes into this mode, and I had that mode last week. So, uh, you know, I, uh, there's some doubts here and some, you know, carrying on. Stagger not through unbelief. Just got to work it out. You got to just say, Pfft. It's a hit and run. It's a drive by. That's what I call them. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. See that now that's the new birth. I, I, I could sit here with a machine gun and say, deny him, deny him. And everybody just go to heaven. Not me. I mean, I'm not holding the gun, but I'm just bad example. Excuse me. But, but the example is, if someone was to say, deny him, we're fully persuaded. It's like, I'm not staying here just to live in this godforsaken world a little longer. I'm out of here. Well, we got to be that persuaded because there's people that are coming. We're in that perilous time. There's people coming to your life. There's people that are that are at the door knocking, saying, please pray for me. Please deliver me. Please, who you are, bring it to me. That's, that's where we are. We're at the door. So it's giddy up time. It's like mount that little steed and pull up the reins because we're heading out. And so we've been, we've been laying the foundation so we can build the edifice. This is a house of healing, not not this building. It's us. It's you. Wherever we go and lay our hands, they change. Every time they change every time. It's like, I hope this works. You know, 73 percent do. They all do with us because we're what? Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was, I am. 
He was able to, he was, I tell them I am sent you. Well, that's still how it is. God's saying to the Lord Jesus, tell them I am sent you. And he did. And he still sent you. So access is not permission. Nobody's leaning on you and saying, you know, if, if you don't get out there and do a little something in the kingdom, we're, we may have to put a little something on you that you don't like, or we may have to withhold this. That's what other religions do. We're not a religion, but that's what they do. They threaten you. Do what you want. Go as fast as you want. Go as slow as you want. Do what you want. Do nothing. You'll be a son who didn't serve. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But to please him, must believe he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's who we are. We want to. I want There's what's going on in your life that's so great. You go, I ain't got time for God. At this stage of life, if not at every stage, but certainly in this culture, this society, there's nothing going on that you'd pull off from God. The only way they can get you, the only way the devil can get you is to get you into a church that's got a party. And you can do God and do the party at the same time and think God's in it. We'll delete that part later. Hallelujah. That's, only, that's the only plan. That is how it happens. Because, yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we want more of you to be working through more of us. And we are strong and of a good courage, Lord. We're going to put on the Lord Jesus today. And I don't even know, we don't even know but how that works. But I do know, Lord, that we just put it in brick by brick. It's not a big thing we do or a big turn we make. It's just we just keep on growing in you. And it works. I thank you, Lord, for the sick being healed. I thank you, Lord, for money being transacted all over this earth into the families of River Church the wealth of the sinner is absolutely moving. It's migrating. It's, it's being transformed. So in Jesus' name, we call that in. We declare it that it's the time. It's the time. We give you thanks, Lord, for the grace, the good hand of God on us, the grace of God that makes it all turn out amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, enough of that. Oh, my, I, went too, I owe you two minutes on Thursday.